Welcome to SVCC Weekly, a weekly podcast from Sangamon Valley Christian Center in Muhammad, Illinois. We hope you enjoy this message from our church, and be sure to check us out online at www.sangamonvalley.net. The book of Matthew, uh, Jesus came to preach the kingdom of God, he came to bring the kingdom of God, and he gives the instructions there in Matthew 6:33 to put the kingdom of God first above everything else. And so uh, I'm going to have you read that scripture with me. Logan will put it up on the screen here um, that says, but seek first. You can start there with me on the count of three. One, two, three. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. We're really going through what we need to remember to put first in our lives in order to put the kingdom of God first. And so last week we looked at the mission that God gives his church. And what, again, we have a certain phrase we use here, same with like Christian Center, but God gave the church, wherever it is in the world, a mission. Uh, we say it like this, it is following Jesus and reaching out. So we also looked at God's vision for his church. That vision includes uh, people. It's really a spiritual house is how he says it, not necessarily a building, although we appreciate the building. It's a tool to reach people. It's a tool for ministry, but what God has in his vision is people, a spiritual house, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And today we're going to continue remembering what God has told us because as it tells us in Genesis, when God remembered, it's really saying God acted. God remembered his promise and God acted. He moved. We looked at some of those briefly last week. We'll give you the list again and of some of those. There's Noah and the ark with the animals. It talks about God remembering them. Abraham's nephew Lot being saved. It says God remembered. Rachel's womb being opened and she conceives Joseph. Joseph in the Technicolor dream code if you've seen the musical. The Abrahamic covenant God remembered in Exodus when he delivers the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Today, we're going to also remember something, because when we remember, it's not about us acting, although we do need to act. It's reminding ourselves what God says he will do. We need to put first things first, seek the kingdom of God first. We need to remember the mission, the vision that God has for us. It needs to be something that we continue to put first, which means we continue to remember it. Just like when parents tell their kids to remember what? Clean your room. Don't play your video games until you do your homework. Whatever your parents told you to remember to do, mow the yard. We can go on with a list of things. Uh, I usually mow the yard because I got paid for it, so that was an easy one to remember. Uh, but we have a whole list of items to remember. And when we remember, we know God is going to move. We'll remember what God has promised, what God has said to us. And today, what we're going to remember to help us put the kingdom of God first is that God's word, the scripture, is valuable. That we need to hold it in high regard. And it is, contains the promises of God for each one of us. The promise that Jesus would come and die on the cross and save all of us that we could have eternal life with him. We're going to look at, first of all, that the Bible is God-breathed words. The Bible is also alive, but God-breathed words. If you go to a very familiar portion of Scripture, I hope, to most of us, 2 Timothy 3.16. 
2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17, at least the principle of this verse, I'd encourage you all to remember because it is important for us. If we memorize this scripture and truly believe it, we are holding the holy word of God in high regard. It says, all scripture is breathed out by God. Breathed out. Yes, we often say that, oh, Paul wrote this, or Peter wrote that, or Luke wrote and we sometimes credit the human authors, but when we're saying that, really what we mean is that we believe this was God-breathed. God directed the writing. Every single word, every word is important. It's God-breathed. He breathed it out so that it is profitable for teaching, for reproof, that, that also correction, for training in righteousness. And here's why, that the man of God or the men and women of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Equip you in everything good that you may do God's will. In other words, we could say it like this, that we are sufficient or complete in our, not in ourselves, but our sufficiency, our completeness comes from God, from him, from his word that is God-breathed. That's also why the Bible is alive. In fact, Scripture says it like this. It says, for the word of God is living and active. It's living, it's active. It's unlike any other book. Do we truly believe that? Do we live that way? Do we read it that way? It's living, it's active. The Bible discerns really the internal man, dividing that soul and spirit, discerning the thoughts, the intentions even of our heart. That inside of us that nobody can really get into unless if we allow them. God sees it. God knows it. And the word of God is what can penetrate and get deep inside of us. In fact, Jesus, when he is in this trial, this test in the wilderness with Satan, you probably know very well that how did Jesus confront Satan? With the word of God. In fact, in there, in Matthew 4, 4, he, he tells Satan, he says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. That physical bread, you go to the grocery store. If you're going to go and grill the brats, men, after church that you're getting today, you may go get some buns at the store to put it on. That bread, sustaining, it's kind of the basic meal for everyone. It's kind of like in, in my house, since I married someone from the Philippines and, and Asian descent, a uh, basic meal isn't a, maybe a loaf of bread, but rice. Every meal we have rice. Actually, I don't because I've put on a few pounds thanks to the rice. <laughs> Andrea, she can eat at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and she loses weight. I don't understand that. But God's word tells us by every word that comes from the mouth of God is what we're to live by. Not by bread alone, but we're to live and be sustained, completed by every word that proceeds from God's mouth. Scripture, this book here, which the church put together and said this is the God-breathed words. They, they went through a test, and over time, part of that test was to say, well, what is, we always consider God-breathed words. And so, although they had a test and a, a list of things they went through to kind of determine it, really, to me, one of the biggest pieces of that test was, what have we always considered? What has the church always considered? What has the Jews always considered to be God-breathed words? And they've came to what we today call the Holy Bible. 
Now, if we were in a Catholic church, they add on a few additional books. Really, uh, those books are valuable. They're not, I believe, God-breathed words, but they are just like sometimes some Christian writings that you and I read. They're not God-breathed words, but there is value in some of them. Sometimes it gives us history. Sometimes there's just some wild tales in them. But this book here, 66 books that make up the Bible, this is God-breathed words. It's God-breathed. That's why it's a lie. That's why it can be active. It's still working in each of us today. It's to be that bread, really, we are to live by. And so because of that, there's a few things we need to remember, two things specifically. The first, just like the old song says, we stand upon the word of God. Stand firm on the Bible and what it says. The culture, the world around us today wants us to follow off many different trails, many different things that they say are true. Scripture is absolute truth. Do we understand it all, all the time? No. Do we gain some understanding later? Yes. Has Scripture been used to promote some very evil things? Yes. Are those evil things what Scripture actually is saying? No. But many have used the Bible incorrectly. People continue to do that. And yet you and I are still called to stand firm upon God's word. To say, okay, what is God actually saying here? Not what do I come and want it to say, but what is God saying here? It's hard for us to do because we have many different experiences. And oftentimes we approach from our experiences and try to come to scripture and say, I want it to say whatever to justify how I'm living, to justify the experiences I have. And that's not how we're to approach Scripture. We're to approach Scripture and say, how is this going to change me today? How is this going to change me? It's alive. It's active. We're to stand firm upon it. Even Satan came and tried to twist Scripture in that interaction with Jesus in Matthew chapter 4. Many people today do that. The enemy comes and tries to convince people that how he would like scripture to be taught is correct. No, we have to come and say, Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, God who came and breathed this into really existence for each one of us, come and guide us that we may understand what you are saying to each of us. And we're to also, since this is Father's Day, and this would be true even if it wasn't Father's Day, and this is true of mothers as well, we need to pass on God's word to the next generation. Pass on God's word to the next generation. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Another great portion of scripture. I encourage you again to at least kind of read through it and know what it is saying, the principles that are there in scripture. But Deuteronomy 6, and here's how I remember is There's a ministry out there, and it's called D6, and it's taken from Deuteronomy chapter 6, D6. That's how I memorize where to find it in Scripture. It's the whole passage of Moses coming and giving instruction to the Israelites before they've entered the promised land, really telling them, look, you need to teach these words to your children. In fact, it gives some basic there, what we call the great Shema, about who God is, Yahweh is our God. And he tells them these words you are to pass on to the next generation. D6 is about passing on God's word to the next generation. I don't think it just applies to the Israelites, but applies to each of us who are believers today. Deuteronomy 
6, starting verse 6, says, And these words that I commanded you today shall be on your heart. On your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down. So talk about them basically continually. When you're walking, when you're lying down, when you even rise up, it goes on to say. Then verse 8, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Talk about making it visible to everybody, to your kids, so much so that they see it. When Jesus comes and he confronts the religious leaders, one of the things he keeps confronting them about is they are not really living the word that they are teaching and proclaiming. In fact, at one point, he even tells them, well, you prevent people from entering the kingdom of heaven because you yourselves don't enter. Parents, you're not to be like that. You are to follow the words yourself and to enter the kingdom of heaven and to lead the way. Pass it on. Make it clear to them that your life, we could say, aligns with what you're preaching. Practice what you preach. Have you heard that saying before? Grandma Judy, when she was alive, she always used to use the phrase, and many of you I know repeat it from time to time. Sometimes people are big talkers, little walkers. That's a common phrase. I, I don't know if her kids have it tattooed on them yet, but if any of them want that, I would at least contribute to that. The big talkers, little walkers. We, we all know people like that. We all ourselves are probably, if we are completely honest, like that from time to time. Sometimes we talk a lot and we really don't fully live up to it. Big talkers, little walkers. Parents in particular, your kids eventually will notice that. If, but then you repent and you're honest of it and that is what they will notice and will shine far greater. Pass on God's words to the next generation. Don't just proclaim it, but live it. They see it every day. See, as a church, as we're going through this series on, based on the verse, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We're being reminded what we need to continue to focus on, the mission of God, that we're to follow Jesus. Well, how do we follow him? By standing upon his word, reading his word, getting into it. What a privilege we have today. Most of us, in this room, probably have too many Bibles in our house than we know what to do with. We're that privileged in the United States, and yet there are countries that if they were to be found with a Bible, they would be killed. We don't understand the privilege that we have, and yet we don't necessarily even open it or take the time to study it. See, as a church, we're focusing on what we need to remember. See, as we remember and we continue to act upon it, the more important thing is God remembers and God moves. So we understand our mission, following Jesus, reaching out. So we understand the vision that God has for people to be chosen by him, because they really are, do they come to accept that? To be his priesthood where they serve God, they serve one another, they serve the world. To be that holy nation, becoming holy, although they've already been declared holy. We also today are be, have looked at scripture. And we need to stand firm upon what Scripture is saying. We need to pass it on to the next generation. 
and passing it on, again, specifically to fathers, but you don't have to be a father to pass it on to the next generation. I've been working in children's ministry and youth ministry and young adults ministry uh, for actually, I'm now in decades that I can measure that because I started off young doing it. But we have to continue to remember to pass it on. So regardless if you think, well, uh, it's the Father's Day, that's just to the fathers. No. That's really for all of us. That we live in such a way that the next generation wants to follow Jesus, wants to get into his word, that they really see that what God has promised, when the direction God has called us to live, is really the best life for everyone. Doesn't always mean it's easy, but it's still the best life if we would truly live that way. So it's what I will call the first of, we're going to be four unchanging values of our church. We'll look at the value next time I'm teaching. But the first unchanging value is scripture. No matter what we do as a church, no matter what direction we go, as long as I'm here, we're going to follow scripture. Now, it doesn't mean we don't have questions on how do you interpret that. Because that's part of the Christian life, right? That's why we have different churches, because sometimes people look at it a little different. We can have those conversations. As long as those conversations are focused around God's word, that's what's important. As I conclude today, there are two little verses from the book of Psalms I want us to, to consider. Really, Psalms chapter 119 is a great chapter uh, in the book of the Bible. It, it covers several different sections in there on God's words and what God has given to us. But two specific verses from Psalms 119 are this. The first, I have stored up your word in my heart. Some people are like, oh, I can't memorize. Well, I bet eventually you can. Maybe you can't be like the people that memorize chapters and verses, and that's okay. You don't have to be that person. But I guarantee you that probably 99% of us in this church building today, given enough time, can memorize parts of God's word. I have stored up your word in my heart. Here, let's practice that for a second. Who knows John 3.16? Let's say it on the count of three. One, two, three. Oh, see, you didn't even need me to clue you in on that one. Exactly. We can memorize scripture. Now, if that's where you start and it took you 50 years to get there, that's okay. Let's start working on verse two. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Because if you're storing that God-breathed, active, alive, powerful word that discerns the thoughts, the intentions of the inward man, and we begin to live by it, we're not going to be sinning against God. It's going to change us. Psalms 119.105 goes on and says, Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Some commentaries really stress the point about this, that God's word being a, a light to my feet is really talking about each step, right? The next step, the next decision you're going to make, allow God's word to direct you with that next immediate thing you're going to do. Now, let me say this because I've heard people have taken this, what I would call to an extreme, maybe I'm wrong, 
where they literally sit down and say, the next step that I'm going to take, let me sit here and let me take 30 minutes, an hour, and let's pray about the next step. No, no, no. If you know God's word, you begin hiding in your heart, you kind of know some of the basics. You probably can take the next step because you already know it. You already know what's going on. It doesn't mean that you don't ask God to come and change you as you go. But notice, if you're knowing God's word, it's going to light your next step, the next step your feet are going to take. It's also not just the next step. It's also going to be a light to your path. Well, what's the path? That's the long-term direction you're heading in life. And now if the direction for the next step you're taking and the direction for the long-term path don't take you towards Jesus, you got it wrong. And it's not in line with God's word. But as we continue to study and search out scripture and ask the Holy Spirit to come and give us understanding, then those steps sometimes become easier. The long-term direction becomes even more clear. God's word is to be that lamp to our feet, that light to our path. So are you in God's word? Are you beginning to study it? Are you beginning to memorize it? Or does it just sit on the coffee table? You have to open it up for it to make a difference. You have to hear it to make a difference. For most of human history, to be completely honest, they, they didn't, as a church, sit there and read it. As a assembling of people didn't sit there and read it like you do. I would encourage you to do that. I think it's a great way for us to learn. But most people throughout human history didn't know how to read. So most people learned it by hearing. If that's how you need to learn it, that's okay. There's this great program if you have a smartphone. The Bible app, the U version. You can download certain versions on there if you have an internet connection. Uh, I don't know if the audio downloads. You can hit play and it reads it to you. That's okay. Don't feel bad about that. It's about getting God's word inside of you. One of the best ways to memorize for me, and it's different for everyone, is you just repeat it and read it over and over and over and over and over and over again. And then when you forget it, the next day, you start over and memorizing it over and over and over and over again. 50 years later, you're probably going to remember it. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. What a powerful verse. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. I pray as we conclude today that God will direct all of us wherever we are, that our next steps will become clear, that the path that we're on, we would be certain that it is directed by the word of the Lord. If not, that we would change course. Amen. We go and stand to your feet and we'll have the worship team come forward as we conclude in prayer. Will you go ahead and bow your, your heads with us? Holy Spirit, I pray you would guide us into all truth. That we may become more and more like Jesus. Teach us and correct us so that we may be ready for your return. Help us to make your word the light to each step we take and the wisdom we live by for the path that you have set us on. If not, help us to repent and to get on the path that you have for each one of us. In Jesus' name.
I pray. Amen. Now let me say this, because sometimes when we talk about path, some of you that are maybe in a looking at a new job, looking at going to a new area, you think, oh no, I'm on the wrong path. The end result is not your job. The end of the path is not the job, it's not the area God's going to move you. Towards the end is really Jesus, and you're working your way towards him. Some of you may have several different jobs, several different moves along that path. And so if you're a little, oh no, is this job the right distance? Don't worry. It's okay, God, you just say, all right, is this alignment with God's word? Does my spirit have peace of God about this decision? By taking time to pray about it, then move on, trusting God and continuing to listen in case he leads you somewhere else and has another step for you as you go down that path, all right? Thank you for listening to SBCC Weekly. We hope you'll subscribe to this podcast as well as give us a like. You can visit us again online at www.sangamonvalley.net.